us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Forty years ago today, I stood with Jerry, looking at one another, we exchanged our wedding vows. So it was a... It was a really good day. <laughs> our good friend, Reverend Rich Fennig, officiated at our wedding. Nine years later, Rich was at our home helping us pack up the, the moving truck that we had rented so we could head off to seminary. At that time, we had, Jerry and I had two children. And so the four of, us, four of us set off on this adventure, not knowing that it would quickly turn into an adventure. The brand new rental truck that we rented broke down four times between Flagstaff, Arizona and Santa Fe, New Mexico, which means that for about every hour and a half of driving, there was a breakdown. Four days later, we left Santa Fe, New Mexico with the truck finally running right. And 10 days from the time we left Flagstaff, we pulled into Princeton, New Jersey in front of the married housing apartment that was to be ours. Waiting on the doorsteps was Reverend Rich Fennig. He had decided to surprise us, to fly back to New Jersey and to be there when we arrived so he could help us get settled into our new home. That was Rich. Now we gave him a, a hug, of course, and, and then he, with a smile, complained, what took you so long? I've been waiting for days. And that was Rich, too. It was really because of Rich that I even decided to apply to Princeton. Rich had attended Princeton. And knowing Jerry and I as well as he did, he knew that would be a good place for, the, for us and for our family. And so he encouraged me to apply there, and I did. And applying doesn't mean getting in, of course. And by the grace of God, I was accepted. But the admissions director went out of his way to make certain that I knew why I was accepted. He wanted me to know that he had seen more impressive academic resumes than mine. <laughs> but never had he seen recommendations like mine, the words that Rich had written about me. And not only Rich, but Reverend Bob Stanley, Reverend Travis Kindle, Reverend Claude Love. These people invested themselves in me, in my life. And because of the ways they invested themselves in me, opportunities began to open up for me. Now, these aren't the only people, of course, that invested in my life. In fact, if I want to make a list of the people who have really invested in me, I'd have to start with my parents. I was blessed to have wonderful parents, and they invested a lot in me. And there's been many others along the way as well. When I was in seminary, Dr. Tom Long, who went out of his way to teach me how to preach. Out of seminary, I've served under four different bishops, each giving me opportunities to serve. And then there's the congregations that I have served, the many people of the churches, and how the people of the churches, you all, have helped me to grow up in my faith and to grow up in my ministry. The list of people who have impacted my life is a very, very long list. And to some extent, you know, this is a bit of a unique story. 
in that the people on my list is a unique list, those people who've been involved in my life. But there's something that's very familiar about it for all of us because every one of us have a story to tell as well. Every one of us can make a list of the people whose love has impacted our lives. Those people because of whom we've grown to be the people that we are today. We all can make that list. And in my more reflective times, sometimes I kind of wonder why. Why would so many people have cared to invest themselves in me? Why? What's the why and the what for of it all? I mean, I know some people, especially early on, invested themselves in me because they would have some gain. People who employed me, for instance, and that's good and that's right. And others invested in me because they could see some potential or because they had a sense of responsibility or duty, a lot of teachers, for instance. But those whose investment was most transformative in my life, those people whose lives impacted my life in the most transformative ways, well, the why and what for of it all for them comes down to one simple word. Love. Love. Love changes things. The love people showed to me changed me. Just as the love people have shown to you has changed your life. Just as the love that we will show to others changes their lives. Jesus once said, to whom much is given, much is required. And I haven't even begun to talk about all that's been given to me. Because not only have there been lots of people in my life who blessed me along the way, and there have been lots of blessings that have come my way, but there's also the grace of God. I mean, think about how the grace of God is poured out upon our lives. I mean, we're here. We have life. There isn't one person here who's entitled to be alive. And yet here we are. Because God is love. And love is always life-giving. Grace, that's why we're alive. By the very grace of God. And then there's the new life that we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. How it is that you know, God has done things to make certain that we live a fulfilled and, and meaningful life. That's grace upon grace. The ways that God has named us and claimed us as God's own continues to work within us to grow us in the faith, to grow us in our hope, to grow us in our joy, to grow us in our trust. It's grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And God's at work even now in trusting us with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we share it with others, equipping us for whatever it is set before us. None of this means that life is easy. Life is seldom easy. Sometimes it's very, very difficult. But in those most difficult times, somehow what God has invested in us helps to get us through. And when difficult times will come, somehow the grace of God is going to be sufficient. That whatever it is that comes our way, God 
will help to get us through until that day when our time has come and God takes us home to the place of glad reunions in heaven and there our questions will be answered for we will see clearly what now we only see dimly and it will be good. So much grace has been poured out upon us. It's all grace. And Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. And in those words, he's at least trying to help us to understand that we who have received so much have some responsibility in this world. That how we live our lives today, it matters. God's grace wasn't poured out upon me or upon you just for our own benefit. I mean, God isn't pouring grace out upon me so I can revel in it and hold it all to myself. That would be pretty cheap grace. A grace that doesn't demand anything of us is a grace that doesn't bring about any real transformation. Nothing that's lasting at all. And the grace of God, it's not a cheap grace. It demands a lot of us. Jesus said, if you want to be a follower of mine, pick up your cross and come and follow. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He said, love your enemy. Pray for those who want to harm you. It's a costly grace. And as I think about the why and the what for of all of this that's been poured out upon my life, well, the why of God's grace is really pretty simple. God loves us. It's just that simple. God loves us. God is love. And God wants to bring healing to our brokenness and to perfect our joy. God loves us. That's the why of, of this grace. And the what for of it? is that God wants us to live a life that matters. That we who have received this love will share this love with others. I mean, this is the stuff of being a saint. Loving others as we have been loved. Giving to others as we have received. Sharing something of the grace of God because of all the grace that's been poured out upon us. This is the stuff of being a saint. And it's the stuff of the people's lives that we remember today. All these flowers representing people who've gone on before us. We remember them. Because of how their love impacted our lives. The difference they made for us in our lives. How it is that we experience something of the grace of God through them. Something of the mercy of God through them. This is the stuff of being a saint. This love that they have for us, that they had for us, it's, it was like a light to our lives. And it brought warmth to our heart. And it still brings warmth to our heart. Because love doesn't end. St. Paul told us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love never ends. We know that's true. The love people have had for our lives 
it continues to have an impact upon our lives long after they are gone. There's a great image that comes from the book of Hebrews, the 13th chapter. This image of a stadium. The stadium is full of people. And as we scan the crowds of people who are filling the stands, we begin to realize that the faces that we see are the faces of our loved ones who've gone on before us. And they're cheering as people are down on the field. And as we scan the faces of the people down on the field, we realize that's us. We're the ones who are running the race. We're the ones who are living out our lives. And the saints who've gone on before us, they're cheering us on. And what are they cheering? That we live a life that matters. Until that day when we take our place with them in those stands to cheer those who will come after us. To live a life that matters. I can almost hear their chanting. Choose love over fear. Choose mercy over being judgmental. Choose generosity over greed. Choose forgiveness over holding a grudge. Choose humility over arrogance. Choose to give life away rather than to take life away. Choose to lift people up rather than to tear people down. Choose to follow Jesus rather than follow the idols of this world. Choose to live a life of purpose, of meaning. Make your life matter. I can hear their chanting. And in today's scripture, Jesus wants us to know that this is the moment we have to do that. This is the day that we've been given. This is our time. This is the time that we have to forgive. It's the time that we have to share the love of God with others. It's the time that we have to to make a loving impact on people's lives in ways that are transformative. This is the time that we have. And the why and the what for of this day, it's really pretty simple too. The why and the what for of this day is to be a saint. And because of all that God is doing in our lives, we can. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. Amen.